You're listening to ABA One-on-One Podcast. Here's your chance to own something really unique. The NFT market for sports is booming and we are getting in the game. We are launching unique collectibles of the awesome guests we have had on our show. Each one unique and they all come loaded with info on our guests and a special gift from our sponsors valued at $500. Get yours now. Just go to our website, www.aba1on1.club. Sassy B Worldwide Productions. With over 25 years of entertainment experience, we have done it all. Celebrity appearances, red carpet events, image consultation and branding design. Our clients range from American football stars to Hollywood celebrities and everyone in between. Want to make a splash in the entertainment industry? Then it's time to get sassy. SassyBeeWorldwide.com Hey guys, it's time for a new episode of ABA One on One. Open up, yeah. Open up now. Open up. Open up, yeah. Open up, open up, open up now. I give a damn, doc, give him a bone, give a damn, doc, a bone. I give a damn, doc, give him a bone, give a damn, doc, a bone. Give him a bone. Hey guys, welcome back to another ABA one-on-one. Uh, this is CJ. I got Rick with me, and we have special guests in the house today, Cassie Russell. And this is going to be really a good one. So uh, sit back and uh, you know take it all in, uh, Cassie. Uh, welcome to ABA one-on-one, my friend. Let's talk basketball. All right, thank you, CJ. Glad to be here. <laughs> awesome, awesome. All right, Rick. I'm gonna let you lead off, but you know what I'm coming in with. Yeah, well, I know. I know. I got you, man. <laughs> Around question 32 or 33. <laughs> no, I'm keeping it short. I talk too much. No, uh, no, no, Jazzy. no, no. Rick, Rick, that, that was, you know, I'm coming back with some stuff. I love what you do, bro. Keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. Cassie, I want to talk a little bit about your early life because uh, I know you're a Michigan guy and about you growing up and, you know, just growing up and how, how you made the decision to go to Michigan to begin with. Well, actually, I'm I'm from Chicago. You know that, right? I did know that. Yes. Yeah, I'm from Chicago, and um, I was raised up uh, in Algier Gardens, and I was found in a PE class back in 1958. And uh, my coach, who was ahead of his time, uh, the legendary Larry Hawkins, uh, found me in a PE class and taught me how to play. And uh, I was truly blessed to be under him. Wow. And so I uh, found me in a PE class and I grew between my freshman year, and my sophomore year. Uh, um, I grew from six feet to six, three. So I worked out the summer prior to my sophomore year. He didn't even recognize me when I came back because I was six, three. So that was really a blessing, but I was really blessed to get the fundamentals and Started off my sophomore year uh, undefeated. And uh, so that kind of set the stage for me to move up to varsity. And and the rest is sort of like history because I, I continued to grow literally and figuratively. And then being under Larry Hawkins was a real blessing. Awesome. Awesome. Now, how well, you, you were heavily recruited. 
Yes, I was, which was which was really uh, which was really new to myself and my family. And of course, uh, what really gave me uh, confidence was uh, Oscar Robinson came to my high school. He was my idol, and he came to my high school. And I got to thinking, you know what? Maybe I can ball a little bit because I got one of the greatest players in the world trying to get me to go to Cincinnati. Uh-huh. But I went to Cincinnati and I visited with him and and uh, it, that was a great experience. Uh, and and then something happened. You know, I just, and I know you said there's certain things you, you don't talk about on the show, but I just, it, it, was, a, it was a difference. Uh, I prayed about it and the decision was made for me to go to Michigan and okay. I, I made, you know, I made a call to Michigan and, and uh, they were told that I was not interested, but that was not the truth. Uh, but anyway, I got my first taste of bureaucracy. So anyway, I ended up, ended up going to Michigan, couldn't play as a freshman, but uh, that was good because I had a chance to kind of really survey everything and, and say to myself, I think I can play at this next level. Well, I had a chance to, pick up some things that I learned from the big O and I worked on that all summer. So by the time I became a sophomore, uh, I, I was, I was really toned in on the triple threat position, uh, footwork, building a foundation. And I, I was really blessed to, to know that going into my sophomore year at Michigan. So I had two years from the time I visited Cincinnati until the time I enrolled at Michigan until the time I played as a sophomore, because in 1962, which was my freshman year in Michigan, you could not play as a freshman. But we were fortunate enough to beat up on the varsity pretty good. So we had a pretty good class coming in that year. Oliver Darton, Jim Myers, uh, John Thompson, uh, Clawson, myself. Uh, to intertwine with some pretty good players that were sophomores and juniors at Michigan. So my sophomore year at Michigan, we won the Big Ten. So I was really blessed to go to Michigan because I think it was set up from on high that I should go to Michigan. And if you look back on what happened at Michigan, you you know that uh, someone had their hands on me. You know, <laughs> That's so good it, to hear. It was now, a real- how, how many – you guys went to the Final Four – Two out of my years, yeah. Junior and senior? Yep. yep. South, sophomore and junior year. We missed it my senior year, but it was interesting that we missed it because we lost to Kentucky, who later went on to play Texas Western in the Final Four. Wow. Which, which, which had we beat Kentucky, you probably would have never heard of the Emancipation Proclamation of the African American, which open the door for black players to go to the sec wow right because because uh, texas western beat kentucky with five african-american guys dave ladden was on that group and that's the story road to glory and pat riley was on that team yeah wow and i think i think it was pat riley that said that he felt that that game was the Emancipation Proclamation of basketball for the African American because they were not re- no. they were recruiting African Americans at least Adolph Rupp wasn't and and so after he saw what the African American players were capable of doing I've got this surmise that he said well you know what I better get on the bandwagon here 
<laughs> so that opened, yeah. that opened the door for the African-American um, to go to the SEC. Wow. Now that's... So have, i tell you another... I'm sorry, go ahead. Go, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, no, just tell. a lot of history behind my years of playing ball, and I look back over them, and I was just truly blessed. I went to Michigan, went to the Final Four, two out of my three years. Uh, we won the Big Ten three straight years. Uh, and I was the number one pick in 1966. Uh, all those things that I look back over, that that that, that wasn't luck and it wasn't happenstance. Hmm. I just I just felt like God had His hands on me, and I, I was really blessed. I was really blessed uh, to to play to have well, a career. You know, go ahead, Rick. No, no, I was going to say, you know, the draft night. And all that has really changed, I guess, since since obviously since then. But what was it like on draft night when the Knicks took you number one? You, you don't really want me to talk about that to you, because I mean, I get I get a look, I get a little upset because I didn't have a chance to sport out a three piece suit. Uh, <laughs> that that listen, the draft night there was a call on a public telephone from Ann Arbor, Michigan. And they had the Detroit Pistons and the, and the New York Knicks were on the phone along with Jay Walter Kennedy, Dave Bing, and Cassie Russell. And they called, they tossed the coin up, and Dave DeBushy, who was player coach of the Pistons, and I probably going to get some calls if I say this, but the Pistons and the Knicks were tied for the worst record in the league. Woo! And but they, that's the number one pick. That's why they had the number one yeah, pick. Yeah, yeah. And they tossed the coin up, and Dave DeBusher called. He called tails, and it landed on heads. And away I went to New York, and Dave Bean went to Detroit. Wow. Wow. And that was that was the extent of my draft night. I didn't get a chance to hug the commissioner or sport <laughs> or put on a three-piece suit. But I was really blessed. I was really blessed to be drafted to go into the highest brand of basketball. And that, that, that's saying a lot, looking back on where I came from, from Alt Gill Gardens to Madison Square Garden, was truly a blessing to be able to play with a lot of great players and to do something you enjoy and to make a few dollars doing it in 1966. No matter what anybody says, they'll never be able to take that blessing away from me being draft number one. And at that time, I think if my memory served me correctly, guys, it was, I think it was either 12 or 14 rounds. And now you only have what, two rounds? Mm. But you know, also, also, Cassie, it was also only what, 12 teams? Exactly. That's exactly now right. Now it's 30. Yeah. So you can understand that the, the you know, the, Everything has has uh, everything has developed. It has moved up. It has progressed, uh, and and then it's a great brand of basketball. When you look back over how much it has improved from twelve to thirty, the mode of travel, the conditioning, even the fact that when uh, when I played, lifting weights was taboo, but yeah. now it's a way of life to strengthen and condition the coach. And I think the reason for that is guys have become they've become more intelligent, more knowledgeable about the basketball player who, who needs, I think, an elongated muscle rather than a bulky muscle. You yep, know, you, exactly. you, you need elasticity. You need flexibility. Uh, 
to play this game. You need conditioning. And you look at LeBron James the way he has taken care of his body down through the years. There's a price you got to pay to be successful. And, and he has done that in terms of taking care of his body, which can keep you away from a lot of injuries. Agreed. So the game, the game has improved immensely. Uh, of course, the money has gone. The money has gotten a little better too. You know, I would say the money is a little bit better. better. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, but hey, I used to tell people though that uh, when we were coming up, I'd say basketball is the roughest sport, and you know they would say, "Yeah, but what about football?" I go look, every sport wears pads or they're playing on a softer surface. That's right. We're out there going 100 miles an hour on the hardest court. Yeah, <laughs> with no safety net. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> and, and no and pads. I, I tell, I tell people all the time, NBA basketball players, and I get a lot of lot of lot of kickback on this. NBA basketball players are the I think are the greatest athletes in the world. You know that's obviously arguable, but in terms of being physically being able to run and jump and and being quick, I think I think it's incredible. Well, I and I and, and to piggyback off of that, Rick, I, I I would I would I would concur with that because it, it's it's not that we're out there naked or anything, but we don't have pads, and and we need to be in great shape because sometimes we we fall in basketball. It doesn't take much to tear up something if you turn the wrong way or you step on a guy's shoe and you twist your ankle if you if your shoes are not supportive. Uh, if you're not in good shape, see, you can't hide a bad condition guy on the basketball floor. Yep. Because he's going to stick out like a sore thumb. Yep. And yep. That, that's why it's so important to condition yourself, uh, train, stretch. I mean, they're stretching before practice and stretching after practice because we're looking for, for flexibility and elasticity. Uh, and you want an elongated muscle rather than a big bulky muscle. So it has yeah. to, you have to, be, you, the body has to be proportioned. It can't be big up top and small at the bottom. It can't be disproportioned. But the, the basketball player is taking his life in his own hands while he's out there because he's got to run, he's got to jump, he's got to change direction. Yep. I mean, you talk to the guys about their knees and their ankles now, all of the pounding we did. Yeah when we were young and you look yep. at it now, you need to be in great shape. You need to, you need to train before you get to training camp, you know? Agree. Agree. You, you know, you know, Cassie, with uh, all this stuff going on today in basketball, I want to just get your, get your take on a couple things. Uh, this thing with Ben Simmons in Philadelphia, of course, it's and Kyrie Irving are dominating the news, but what, what do you, what's your take on that, on this thing with, with Ben Simmons? I know you've well, been following uh, everybody in the basketball. Yeah, my personal, my that's just my personal belief. You know, you talk about trading a guy. That move should have been done in the summer. You know, you gotta if you're gonna make if you're gonna talk about trading up, what what kind of attitude do you expect a guy to have if you've talked about you don't want him? You know, and that's really what trading is. That, well, you don't feel like he can help your ball club anymore. But you talk about that and you talk about that and the guy hears it in the news and now he feels that he's not wanted. And you, 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 that's just my own personal opinion. I know you want to get something for him, but you have talked about getting rid of the guy all summer. I, I feel personally, you should have made that move in the summer. You can't bring him to camp. 
after you've talked about him and he feels that you don't want him. That's not, I mean, I know it's business, but that's not fair. <laughs> I agree. You're going to talk about not wanting a guy. I know it's a business. I know a guy's got to handle it. But isn't that being a little unfair? You don't, you've talked about getting rid of the guy. And now you want to justify by saying, well, we need to get somebody. But well, you need to be thinking about that when you talked about trading the guy. But you can't talk about a guy all summer and you don't want the guy. And most guys are sensitive as far as their feelings are concerned. They talk about, well, they make a lot of money. Yeah, but what about somebody that we don't want you? Okay, we're going to trade you. Okay, go ahead and make the trade. But you can't bring the guy to camp and expect the guy to be a Christian soldier. I mean, come on. Yeah. And, and, and as far as Kyrie, I just, I, I just feel bad about it because, you know, whatever his beliefs are, that's what he believes. But, you know, I know you say there's certain things you can't talk about, but we've been giving the <laughs> anecdote. We've been given the protection with, with two vaccine shots and a booster. And I'm 77. And we know we had to have the vaccination for the older folks, the seniors, because we are highly acceptable. Uh, and, and, and it's hard for me not to say anything about it, but I know, I know you say you don't talk about it, but I no, know you good. You, 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 you good, my man, you good. Don't worry. I know, but I know God has protected us. He's protected us. And so he's given us an anecdote. So take the vaccine and the booster and run with it, man. I mean, what a great opportunity to do something you enjoy and make a living. And I love, I love Uncle Drew, man. I, I feel so bad that he's not playing. Yeah. If I talk to him, man, I'd say, I don't know what your belief is, but God gave you the gift to play, man. And whatever your beliefs are, you're, you're, you're negating that because here you are, one of the truly great point guards in the league. Uncle Drew is bad, man. Yeah. And I think that and I think the Nets are missing him extremely. Yep. And if I could get next to him and pray with him and talk to him and find out what's going on, man, you can't leave that kind of money on the table. Get the vaccination, <laughs> take the booster, and make the money, man. Yeah, you know, you know, you know what's so funny about all that? Both of those players were born here you're in Australia. Look back over this, you're gonna look back over this a few <laughs> years from now, and you're gonna say, "I wish I, I wish I had made a better decision." Cause you can't, you can't get those years back. That's true. That's true. You can't get that time back. And yeah. what'd you, what'd you say, CJ, about Australia? Both those players are from. I, Australia. I said, I said, it's funny that you know both of those players are born here in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Both Ben and Kyrie. Huh? Yep, both of them born here. Oh, I mean, I mean you, you, guys know, are, um, you guys have let me talk, Rick. Well, I mean, what are your thoughts about? you know, Ben and Kyrie. I mean, I, I just hate that. I mean, Ben is a talent. I just feel bad that nobody's gotten with him and say, listen, man, get your rump in this gym and let's shoot 500 jumpers because you need a jumper. Yeah. You yeah. need a jumper, man. You're 6'10", but you can post up. But you couldn't have both Simmons and Embiid playing in the post because God knows Embiid needs to be around the basket. He needs to be shooting no threes. I mean, he could every now and then. But yep. his, his but his impact is inside. Yep. Which, you which, know, which you know, Kazzy, mm -hmm. there's three guys uh, that I want to mention to you, and I want to see what you would think how they would handle this thing. Red Holtzman, obviously, and Bill Sharman and Al Adels. That was three of your coaches. Well, what do you think? How do you think they would have handled that? 
That, that's a good question. That's a good question. And I, I, I don't know uh, how Red would have handled Ben Simmons, but I, I, I've got to believe that if you talked about trading Ben all summer, you got to go ahead and make that move because you can't bring him to camp and you've already told him that we don't think we can win with you. That's not, I mean, and then with Kyrie, uh, I, I, you know, I don't, I didn't get a chance to really play that much for Bill Sharma, but I heard that he was a, of course he had the record having played with Boston of 56 straight free throws. So, you know, he was a competitor. Uh, and I think he was the one, if my memory serves me correctly now, I don't know how valid it is, but he's the one, CJ, that really got players up in the morning to shoot around, to keep mm. them from laying down all morning. And that was a big plus. I did it, and it really set your mind to come in and shoot around at 10, get used to the floor, talk about what you're going to do versus the other team. That's for one hour, go shower, relax, go have lunch, and get ready. What a great life, man. What a oh, great yeah. but, but you can't lay around all morning. And I think Shaman was, I think he was uh, one of the initials. Uh, he may have initiated that move of shoot around in the morning, which was a great move. Yeah. Everybody, everybody does it now. You know, yep. so I don't know, but I know Al who was a blessing for me to play for at Golden State. And I have, if I have, a, and we all have regrets. My regret is that I, that the owner of the Warriors would not keep me. I mean, I was, I felt so bad because I, I love the trade. The trade was great because um, I left the Knicks and I went to the Warriors. And when I got there, I had two great players to play with in, in Nate Thurman and Clyde Lee which allowed me to play the three to stretch the floor open. And I played with Jeff Mullins and Butch Beard. And that was a real blessing. And I think my first year I made, I made the all-star team. I was averaging 24 seven. And the reason I averaged that is because of the great rebounding by the late Nate Thurman and of course, Clyde Lee, they got all the boards and it keyed the fast break. So, we were able to get a lot of baskets that they hadn't gotten in previous years in terms of the running game and the transition game, you see? And that's when I learned that chemistry was so important. They talk about the stretch floor, stretch four now, but I was kind of the stretch three that kind of opened up the floor for Clyde and, and Nate that played five and four. And of course, Jeff Mullins could shoot the eyes out of that thing and Butch was fast at getting it up the floor. So it was a great, and I just felt bad that I made the all-star team. I think uh, Al was a great coach, great conditioning guy. The one thing he and I loved together was buttermilk donuts. You know, I had to stay away from Al. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I felt bad that the owner didn't keep me. If I ever have a regret, it's that he didn't keep me because I would have loved to have ended my career with the Warriors because I enjoyed that first year, my second year, then I played, of course, my third year and opted out for free, free agency. And I guess the Warriors didn't feel like I was of any value, but you know what the league gave the Warriors for compensation for my leaving? They gave them a first round pick. You know yeah. who it was? It was Robert Parrish. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, the rest, right. you know, and the rest is history. So, I mean, we have regrets. Uh, I mean, I've had to, I've had to move on and forgive that owner. 
because I really wanted to stay. And all I wanted was, you know, like a, maybe a three or four year no cut contract when I made the all-star team. And, and I know he saw the good chemistry, the good chemistry that was there. Oh yeah. And I just don't understand why he didn't keep me. I guess Rick Barry was his favorite son coming back, but that was okay. I played one year with Rick, great player, you know, uh, yeah. Kind of strange at times, but he was a hell of a player. <laughs> and we, we, had, we, we all had know. Rick on, uh, Cassie. Yeah, and Butch. We, we had Rick on. Know about that weird. Oh, did you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Funny, funny story about that, CJ. Rick and I were tied, I think, at 90, 90% from the foul line. Of course, Rick shot underhand. Yep. And he thought that was the greatest thing since sliced bread. He could shoot that thing, too. But but I, I battled him, and we were 90-90, last game of the season. And that joker was smart enough not get fouled the last game of the year. <laughs> and I shot eight ten from the line that evening. And he beat me. He shot ninety. He shot ninety one, and I shot ninety point nine. Oh, I went. I, I went eight for ten. So Nate Thurman told me who I, who I really loved playing with. He said to me after the game, he said, "Cash, <clears throat> some of us didn't want to get fouled this last game of the season." So I knew what he was talking about. You know, he left. <laughs> But what a great, what a great group of guys, man. And if I have a regret, and I would tell that owner this face to his face, that you really hurt me because I would have enjoyed playing my career, ending my career with, with San Francisco. So I enjoyed playing for Al Addles. I love playing with Nate, Nate and Clyde and Jeff Mullins. And I just felt like San Francisco was a great place for me, even though I got traded from New York. But I was fine. Yeah. But uh, if, I, if I had a regret, it was that, I had to opt out for free agency, and I went to the Lakers. Of course, had a chance to play with Kareem, uh, and 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 uh, I was wearing thirty-three before he came in. Yeah, you so, see, you went to my question before I even said it. There we go. <laughs> let's let's let us let us talk about that thirty-two and thirty-three on two teams, bro. Come on. Yeah. Well, I I I wore it. I wore it uh, with New York. And they retired it, so I'm I'm, I'm kind of got a little piece of action with all that guy because I Patrick Ewing's number, number 33. I wore that, and I was the last first round pick of the Knicks until Patrick Ewing. Wow! And then I go, of course, I go to Golden State, and I wear I wore 32, so I didn't have a problem there because uh, I think that was a kid that had 33, but I wore 32, and then I went to L.A. And I had both 32 and 33. Yep. So I was there when they traded for Kareem. I think they traded seven players to get Kareem. Wow. You know, so it was a it paid off though. It, it was a real blessing to play with him, and which was really funny because they had to pick their poison. Either they wanted the jumper or they wanted the sky hook, and so they decided they were going to drop back on him which really opened the gate for me to have little easy baby jumpers all the time. So it was, it was really great playing with him along with uh, uh, Kermit Washington on the front line. And we started off really great. So uh, th that was interesting, those numbers. Uh, so I got a little, I got a little investment in all those numbers that were retired. Now, don't you all forget about that. Now. Oh no, never, never, never. <laughs> hey, was Gail Goodrich there when you were there? Uh, I, no, I think, let me see. I played with, I think Pat Riley was there. I don't remember. Even I forgot, man. <laughs> well, now Gail, now, Gail was on that team that won 33 straight now because it was Gail and uh, Jerry West. 
Jerry West. Yeah. And Mac Millen, Mac Millen, Chamberlain, and Happy Harrison. Yeah. And that year is when Elgin Baylor tore his Achilles tendon. Yeah, okay. You okay. remember that? The year, yeah. The yeah. Year they, you they know what, played. though? That was basically the end of his career. It was. It was. Because, you know, so, you know, Rick, he stayed He tore his Achilles, but. Yeah, he stayed off for 30 days, and the first day back, he tore it. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was yeah. reading that, uh, Kathy, that, you know, that was one of the first big threes when they had Jerry West, Will Chamberlain, and Elgin Baylor. Right. And then, but if you look at the records, which I did, Elgin Baylor only played just a few games. They never right. had all three of them together. And, no, uh, yeah, that was, that was, and he never did. Leverage came in. Yeah, and he never, I don't think he ever did get a ring, but I don't know if they, I hope they gave him. I think they gave him one, though. Yeah, yeah, well, that was good. What, he was a great player. He was started a great off player. on a year and just didn't make it. Yeah, you know, a funny story about Elgin Baylor, man. My, my rookie year, I was with the New York, and Dick Barnett, who had played in L.A., told me, he said, Kaz, now you're going to be guarding Elgin, and said he's going to be twitching like his neck is about to fall off and his head is hurting. He said, don't pay attention to that garbage. Don't even pay attention to that. <laughs> and so first play of the game, I go off of a screen and I go nose to number and I'm right there on him and I see him, you know, he's twitching his neck and I'm, I'm feeling, oh, oh my God, the guy's neck is about to fall off and he's hurting. And before I knew it, he had gone around me and just so happened, Willis stepped in in time enough to block him and, and the ball got kicked out of bounds. The bounds say, Damn, rookies, what did I tell you, man? I told you, don't pay attention to all that twitching and talking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a funny story, man. Dick Barnett was a was a Oh, oh man. Hey, Rick. Great we, yes. got, we, we, got about, we got about eight minutes up, man. So I know you have yeah. another question you wanted to get in there. Go ahead. Um, Kaz and I were talking about the air about, about uh, Reggie Theus. And when he was an assistant at Atlanta with Mike Fratello, I want to hear a little bit about that. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting because I was, I was, uh, I had been asked to become an assistant coach with the Hawks. And I'll tell you a funny story that when, when the moving band lines came to my wife and I, when they came to our house, the person's belongings and all of his stuff that was on our truck was Reggie Theus. So all of our stuff was moved at the same time as Reggie because he was coming to the to the Hawks at that time. Wow. And uh, just, you know, a good athlete, but he was not, for some reason, he was not well-liked. And I thought he was a great guy. Mm. And I, I, I think just because all, I think that because all of the ladies liked him and he wore the fur coat and was a good-looking guy, maybe that was why. But I thought that guy was, I thought he was a good player, man. I really enjoyed Coaching. Oh, he made the all-star team twice. Yeah, yeah, he's a good player, man. You know, and I, I just hate really good people, player. I just hate when people, you know, prejudge people, you know, for, for whatever reason other than uh basketball ability. If a guy can play or if he can't play, you make that decision as a coach. You know, don't let anything other than that come into focus as to why you don't play a guy. Listen, uh, Kenny, Kenny Smith was told that he couldn't play. And he left the Atlanta Hawks and went to Houston and won two rings. <laughs> yep. You know, so people have funny ideas, you, preconceived ideas about situations. What was it like, you, your, your ring? You got one in 70. I got yeah. 69 and 70 was the first one. I got one that year, you know. 
and I was blessed to be a part of that team. And, and, uh, uh, you know, I've, I've done, I've, I've done some things and said some things and I look back over my career. Uh, and, and of course coming up during those times, there was a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of diversity, people from different backgrounds, but the Knicks still in all in 69 and 70, we put all that, put all that stuff behind us and won the championship. I think we won 18, 18 straight that year. Wow. Hey, I do want to ask you, because, yes, you know, you kind of, you know, I hear a lot of people, they don't really say it, but you've said it. Like, you've kind of come up like us, like from nowhere. When you actually put that ring on your finger, what did you think? When I put the ring on my finger, it was almost like, it was almost as if the ring opened up and I was shown how blessed I was from having <laughs> from having CJ been found in a PE class and then was blessed to go to Michigan and then was blessed again to be the number one pick. And those gifts don't come from Cracker Jack box, man. Those gifts come from above. Every Thank athlete you. will tell you. Thank that you. Every athlete, when he looks up, he's acknowledging where that gift came from. I don't care what people say. They can say you're, you're over this or you're pious. The gifts that we have to play in sports or entertainment or singing comes from above. And for me, when I look in that ring and I'm blessed to have played at the pinnacle of success, that's the highest level you can go to in this country in terms of basketball. That's right. People can say what they want to say about me. I mean, we've all said some things, we've all made some mistakes, but when it all comes down, I was blessed to be a part of that. NBA family, played on a championship team. I did something that I enjoyed and I got paid for it. I was able to have an influence on other people's lives by going into coaching. And when I look in that ring, I see the blessings from God zooming out because everybody doesn't get a chance to go to the NBA. Everybody doesn't get a chance to be a number one pick. So, you know, people can say what they want to say, man, but I have... I have no regrets the way God has blessed me. And I, I hope that I can give something back to the game in terms of my coaching. I've been coaching for almost 40 years and that's where I am now at Flagler college coaching. And uh, I coach the women and that's, a, that's a new experience, but to be able to do something that you enjoy and share that wisdom and knowledge with others, it doesn't get any better than that guys. I'm telling you, it doesn't get any better. Uh Awesome, awesome. I'll tell you one thing, since I'm I'm less than about an hour away from you, I'm going to be attending some Flagler women's games very soon. <laughs> well, listen, keep us in your prayers because we, we just lost our center who was averaging 16 and 10. She tore her ACL. So that, that has really put a damper on our rebounding and our size. So coach is doing a great job. We got to bring up we got a, we, we have a sophomore that's six three. We got to throw her into the starting lineup now, so it's 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 really fun being able to coach. But boy, there's some there's some there's some hard lessons to learn here. And she had surgery Tuesday, and she's doing real well. And I'm trying to talk her into coming back next year as a medical person, medical red shirt. But what a great gal, Namaya, and I just feel so bad about having lost her because she was averaging 16 and 10 and she had been working so hard. And this was, she was a senior coming back, you know, because the NCAA had given us, yeah. given the another year. 
But anyway, uh, I'm, I'm, well, I'm enjoying no. it. All good, all good. Hey, well, look, we're gonna have to wrap it right about there. We're gonna definitely wish her the comeback for sure, for sure. But uh, Kezi, uh, definitely want to say thanks for having you on, man. And we'll we'll get you back. Uh, we normally try to get everybody back at least one more time, you know, because uh, it's, it's to push everything to 30, 40 minutes is kind of hard sometimes, and we yeah. are kind of time constrained. But definitely want to thank you, for being uh, CJ. Yeah, brother. Thank you. You did a great job. Kansas, you're awesome, man. Well, thank you, guys. Listen, God bless both of you. Let me go on record as saying that. Yeah, yeah I, I, I enjoyed being on, and thank you for having me, CJ, both you and Rick. Yeah, man, we, we'll, we'll get you back up in here. And uh, okay. we hope uh, a lot of the young players, which is, you know, what we all do this for, uh, got a good lesson out of here, you know, from, from above and from hard work. So, uh, yes, guys, sir. thank yes. you. Thank you. Yes, and, uh, uh, we'll do it all again. We want to thank everyone for tuning in to ABA 101. You guys have a good weekend, all right? All right, you guys stay safe out there, will you? All right. Thanks, we'll Cassie. We'll talk. Cassie, okay. we'll talk. Thank you, C. All right, my man. Take care. Peace. <laughs> You're listening to ABA 101 Podcast. Come explore the no-strings-attached e-news online magazine. Our global array of authors inspire, delight, and educate with practical and entertaining articles. And with Focus On, we help producers of film, web series, and other video content attract a wider audience. Plus, your project can stream on Roku, Apple TV, Fire TV, and more with our media partners E360 TV and NETV. No-strings-attached e-news, focusing on human interest. Advertising available, nsaen.com. Well, that's going to do it for this week. Remember, you can keep up with every episode by subscribing via our website. Follow us on social media and tell your friends about us. Next week, new guests, more basketball tips, more basketball stories about the game we all love. Till then, be safe and keep your eyes on the ball.